I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. What's up, Cougar Nation? This is Tyler Batty. Tyler Batty again. Tyler Batty comes in the game and right off the edge, just a three-man rush. Welcome back to Cougar Tracks. It's the season finale with BYU defensive end Tyler Batty. I am merely Mitch Harper. And we always talk BYU football here with Tyler, of course, because he's one of the leaders of this BYU football program, and you can follow him on social media, Tyler underscore Batty2 on Twitter, Tyler underscore Batty on Instagram. And we got a lot to get to on today's season finale of the program. And Tyler, we'll start things off. How was your holiday break? Uh, I know we were talking a little bit before the show that uh, maybe a little bit of nostalgia kicking in for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love the holidays. Um, big fan. Love Christmas. Just, yeah, love everything about it. Spending time with the family. Yeah, like we were talking about, usually sit down and, yeah, play play some good video games. Me and, <laughs> me and my brothers were uh, remembering those days when we were younger. And, and so, you know, that's always that's always fun. Look back at old Christmases as well when this time of the year comes around. So, yeah, it's been fun. Any particular video game that uh, just – we ever, whenever you pick up the sticks for it, it just it just takes you back in time, and you enjoy it like it was yesterday. Uh, yeah, we played we played a ton of Need for Speed when I, okay. was, when I was younger. So, like Need for Speed Underground, one and two, Most Wanted, Carbon, Pro Street. I was about up till there, but uh, yeah, we played. I mean, yeah, we played a ton of Need for Speed, ton of Sean White snowboarding. So, just yeah, Ratchet and Clank. For those who, who know what Ratchet and Clank is, Ratchet and Clank was a big one for us as well. So yeah, just just a bunch of them. It's just fun, just just remembering all the times um, during the holidays where you just had nothing to do. You know, kind of chores were done. You just kick back and play video games all day. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's see, I uh, I'll admit when you just said Ratchet and Clank, my kids they got uh, old PS five, and they one of the games they got was a rat was Ratchet and Clank and. That took me back, man. I'm like, oh, Ratchet oh, and Clank. Yeah. These were the games back in the day. And uh, yeah, so it's been pretty fun uh, doing that. 
uh, spending some downtime because I know that the football season was a busy one. It's a hectic one. It's a it's a taxing one as we've talked a lot during the season of how how much you guys go through as as college football student athletes to uh, navigate a season. So well deserved downtime for you, and it capped off the season in Albuquerque and. You know, I'll just say, I'm curious maybe just get your thoughts on, on the bowl week itself. I know it's been a little bit of time since then, but I, I thought the bowl week was kind of cause kind of fun. I, I thought it was a good time in Albuquerque. I know Shreveport wasn't the the greatest, but I thought Albuquerque was, was not a bad time. Yeah, no, Albuquerque, honestly, was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, the bowl week, all the activities, you know, I thought it was a really well-organized bowl, and they were great hosts to us, and so... Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. The game itself, quite the finish. BYU wins twenty four to twenty three over SMU. The defense gets the job done. That had to be satisfying to see the defense rise to the occasion and cap off the season with a defensive stop from from Jacob Robinson and John Nelson made a a, a great uh, move to force him outside. Yeah, yeah, it was honestly. Um... So that, that play, right, in particular, they go for the two-point conversion. Both times they come out lined up with a pretty much a, a bunch, like a quad bunch, four receivers into the boundary. And uh, and so I'm out there um, uh, actually jumping that screen if they if they do throw it. And uh, honestly, it's it's an it's an uncomfy feeling. Um, being out there and just watching everything go down inside, right? You just kind of have to. You know, I'm not. I'm. You know, I played a little bit in coverage, but on that last play, just you're just out there. And I'm gonna recording I'm doing my in job. progress. But uh, but that's the thing is looking inside and just seeing it. And it's like, all right, like you know, someone's gotta someone's gotta make a play there, and then and then seeing J. Rob and and John, you know, get it done. I was I was yeah. I was excited to say the least. That was uh, it was a nice finish uh, to the season, and uh, be, you guys finished eight and five. I'm curious in that game, you know, what was maybe the you know kind of the intensity, the just maybe the the overall feel of the game uh, against SMU. What were they like in the trenches? Were they you know pretty respectful? I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. Maybe get the the perspective from you in the trenches. What was the game like? The feel, the tenor of it all. No, they were uh, honestly they were they were good, good guys, um, and they're a good team. And so, uh, honestly, it was, it was a battle all game. Um, you know, it it was a battle all game. They, uh, you know, they came out and tried to tried to spread us out. Um, tried to tried to run, tried to throw a ton of screens. You know, a lot of stuff like that, just trying to get yards any way they could. And you know, sometimes they're successful. Um, but no, they're they're a good team, and yeah, a bunch of good guys on that team as well. So I, you know, it was a, you know, there's always a competition, but there wasn't quite as much animosity, you know, yeah. as in maybe some other games we played this season. So what was the maybe message from Kalani um, in the locker room uh, at to close out the season? I'm always kind of intrigued by the end of end of season maybe message because. After that point, if if I'm not mistaken, I know probably with it being Albuquerque, a lot of guys just probably went on the team charter and came back home. But sometimes in bowls, they'll just drive home with family if it's a nice destination or whatever. 
maybe just what the message was from Kalani after that win and how the season was was put to rest. Yeah, um, honestly, he uh, you know he just kind of shared you know that he was he was proud with us for uh, fighting back you know after going on that four game skid um, you know fighting back and 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 you know not giving up on the season right and coming back and getting a couple you know wins to to finish the season off with um, including with that with that game in Albuquerque and so. Um, <clears throat> And then, you know, he just shared, you know, enjoy, enjoy your break. And, and then, you know, it's just, we're, we're back to work and, you know, come, come winter workouts and come spring ball, we're right back in it. So just to be ready for that. For a guy like you, Tyler, who's, who's said that, you know, you're coming back uh, in 2023, did that game kind of feel like, okay, we got the win, but, the work is only beginning. Did it have that kind of feel? I mean, maybe oh, yeah. just what, what was the feeling for, for you? Yeah. 150%. Um, yeah, that, that game was almost just like a little, uh, you know, cause we went through, we went through some pretty major changes, um, you know, in coaching staff and, and things of that nature. And so, uh, and so, you know, I kind of new, right. Um, you know, this is a game that we need to go win, but, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's honestly just the beginning of a new chapter with everything that's happened. So it's yeah, the work the work did just begin, right? We're 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 about to go into this thing full swing, and, and you know from now until the end of March, um, it's going to be go go go. We got spring ball going on. Yeah, I'm, you know we're going to be installing a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of new stuff uh, defensively, um, just getting us prepped for next fall. Let's talk about those changes again. This is Tyler Batty, Cougar Tracks. It's an exciting era for BYU. You guys are going to the Big 12 Conference. That's probably the the most uh, publicized change that will happen in 2023. But the coaches that will be coaching up this defense, sizable changes across the board, as you noted. And it all starts with defensive coordinator Jay Hill. Since the last time we talked, uh, he, he became the official defensive coordinator what was that introductory day like for Jay when he first addressed you guys? Maybe just his messaging and your impression, early impressions of, of Jay Hill. Um, I really, so I really like Jay Hill. Um, he's a really good guy, uh, really passionate about football, um, just loves football, loves every part of it. Uh, just a high energy dude, high intensity. Uh, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, you know, for him to be working with us and, and coaching us. And, um, and yeah, you know, kind of like we just talked about, he just came in and said, Hey, the expectation is that we're, we're going to work. There's going to be a lot of work involved here. Um, and, uh, and I, I think, you know, guys are just excited for that. Um, guys are just excited to get to work. Right. And, and really, um, you know, kind of affect a change and, you know, bring our defense up a couple of notches. So, um, we can have more of an impact right in on, on future games this fall. And so, yeah, having, having him around has been awesome. He's a I yeah, can't say enough good stuff about him. I'm, I'm stoked to have him and just, yeah, stoked to, to learn a lot from him. And, and so it's going to be fun. Were those bowl practices after he introduced himself, was there a little bit more, I don't know what the right, right word would be, but maybe a little more, 
focus or pressure knowing that this is the new boss, he's evaluating yeah. everything, yeah. it's a new hierarchy? Was there a little bit more focus in the bowl practices to impress the new guy? Yeah. yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of guys necessarily like thought about it, but just inadvertently, like it just, I, I think most definitely guys just knew, you know, then, and, you know, he, he popped in and, and would say stuff, you know, in practice here and there, you know, he wasn't like, you know, full, full go right in, in his coaching mode, you know, he's just more um, hanging out and observing and, but he, I mean, he would still, you know, point stuff out to guys and was still, you know, coaching guys up individually and, you know, just, yeah, adding tidbits of his, of his knowledge. Um, and so that's, that was super cool to see as well. And so, um, yeah, just to get a little bit of a taste of that. And, and yeah, guys were definitely uh, you know, on their toes per se when he was around. So is there kind of an instant buy-in? I know it's always tough. I, even in, you know, my work or whoever people's listening, their, their careers, it's always tough when there's change and there's, you know, management reshuffling and, and whatnot. But does it, does it help the transition when you get a coach that's going to be the leader of the defense that's got like just a proven track record of, you know, because you guys formed close relationships with that previous staff, and but to have a new guy come in and he's just got a proven resume of success, getting guys the league, does that just make you instantly bought in? Um, yeah, honestly, um, you know, I. Uh, he like exactly like you said. He does. He has a track record um, of just you know having a lot of success, and so um, that definitely is encouraging, right? Um, when it comes to buy-in, guys are a lot more you know apt to buy-in when when they feel like it's someone they can trust, right? When they feel like one, it's someone who can help them be they, it, that person can help them be successful. Um, and they can trust in that person, you know, to keep their best interests at heart. Um, but to also know, you know, what it takes and how to get there. And, and so it does, it creates, um, it, it creates a, a much quicker bond, you know, I would say. Um, and, and yeah, much, much quicker loyalty, if you will, and, and buy in, um, that way when, when guys, yeah, just trust that, you know, this guy, you know, Jay has, what is needed, right? And so, um, yeah, guys guys most definitely have. Jay Hill, along with him, brings in new coaches. Sione Puha, defensive tackles. Justin Enna, linebackers. General Guilford gets retained at cornerback. Jay's also going to coach the safeties. And then defensive ends, Kelly Papinga, along with being the special teams coordinator. What have you got to know about Coach Pop? And what did you know about him before he returned back to his alma mater at BYU. Um, I honestly didn't know a whole a whole lot about him, right? So I knew I knew he was here with Bronco. Um, I knew he you know had left to go to Virginia, and that was about it. You know, I'd I'd heard a little bit about him here and there. Um, you know, seen a bunch of pictures of him. Never <laughs> met him, so uh, he's he's an awesome dude. He's an awesome dude. Again, just like super passionate. You know, high energy, just like, yeah, like just very, just hungry. Um, just, you know, very, he's got that, he's got that mindset. And so, uh, just, yeah, being around him since he's been here has been a ton of fun. Um, and just getting to know him, uh, since he's gotten here has been awesome. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's an awesome dude. And so I'm, I'm stoked to be able to, you know, have him and just his expertise and his experience, uh, 
just had to help out our, our DNs. I'm really excited for that. Have the position coaches yet had the chance? I know it's kind of a unique time with the holidays and whatnot and school being out, but have they had the chance, whether it be Zoom or whatever, to maybe just sit down with you guys one-on-one and just kind of lay out their expectations individually for you and heading into the winter conditioning? Yeah. Yeah, they have. So that's, you know, it's, I've, uh, you know, since K-pop came around, you know, you know, he's been down here for, I don't know, a month or so now, a little longer, maybe, um, just getting to know him, you know, just our, our different interactions, but also, yeah, being able to sit down with him one-on-one and, and just talk through, you know, kind of his plans and where he sees things going. Um, and then, yeah, expectations and, um, yeah, just, he, you know, he just mentioned the same thing, same thing as Coach Hill and same thing as Kalani. He's just like, yeah, we're going we're to get to work and we're going to put in the work and then we're going to get after it. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this, you know, this spring because it's going to, it's going to be a lot of work, but I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun at the same time. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to show dividends, right? You know, at the end of the day. It seems like it's in a, an aggressive style uh, with Jay Hill and, and this whole coaching staff. The, the common consensus is that this group wants to be aggressive. And look, once you get in the games and certain things might not call for that, it's, there's going to be adjustments, but what's maybe your initial reaction when you hear the, you know, that, that coach Hill and, and, and Papinga and Puha they, they want to get to the QB and get, get sacks and, and get, you know, just bring, bring a lot of pressure and, and, and be, <laughs> be aggressive. I mean, I, I know that it, it's, there's so much more nuance to it. It's, it's not just simplified like that, but uh, just maybe some of the buzzwords that they've said that, uh, I know Cougar fans are pretty excited. What, what's been the response from the team? Uh, it's been great. Again, everyone's everyone's just excited, right? That energy is just contagious. And so um, <clears throat> personally, I'm stoked. Uh, I, I love to hear him talk like that because that's, that's my mindset. I'm, you know, you play me on Madden, you know, I'm, I'm an engaging eight every single, you know, play. You better watch out. Like <laughs> I'm coming as that's, you know, that's my mindset. I'm, I would say I'm, I'm a lot more aggressive, and so I love I love hearing them talk about it like this, and just yeah, we're gonna we're, it's gonna be you know pedal to the metal twenty four seven. Like we're just gonna get after people, um, and just kind of that 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 identity, you know, that that type of mentality shapes, you know, as a defense and just as a team. Um, I think uh, it just will help us, yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, just. Honestly, just full go all the time. Like like you said, right? So there's going to be some different stuff schematically. You know, we, we may not be blitzing every down, whatever. <laughs> um, but just that mentality of like, nah, like we're, we're, we're coming after it. We're getting after you. You're not going to rest. Like we are just going to – that's honestly, that's demoralizing um, to other teams, right? When you just – when you just come after them every single play, offenses get tired of that, right? they it's hard to get in a rhythm. It's hard to find a flow, hard to find running lanes. You know, people kind of get frantic. Uh, it's a lot about disruption. I think just that, t- that way of playing the game um, is defeating mentally. Uh, you know, it's, it's just exhausting, right? When you're just, it's the same thing when we, we, you know, on defense and we're playing an offensive line and they're going hurry up and they're just marching. Right. And that's, that's really hard to negate. 
But then again, you respond with with a defense like this, and it's like actually we're going to turn the tables here. We're going to come after you. We're going to get disruption. We're gonna we're gonna mess you know your blocking scheme up. You know that that makes me excited because um, it just creates a lot of opportunities. And yeah, like I said, it's just it's just defeating mentally. Um, you know, for for the other players, when when you come out with a mentality like that, when you're just yeah coming after them every single play. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than eighty thousand Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I know that Cougar Nation is is uh, so excited to see what this new defense is going to look like, and uh, and I'm sure that there's a lot of excitement for you know, spring ball and everything that's going to be coming up in the future, but uh, amidst all this excitement in the program, I, I do. I'd be remiss, Tyler, if I didn't ask you about how the team's doing. Uh, kind of amidst tragedy, uh, you know, Sione Vicoso uh, passed away tragically in Hawaii. Um, you know, is you being one of the maybe the leaders of the team, you just maybe you get a sense of maybe just how uh, people are doing. Uh, I know that you know guys like Soul J and and Houston Hamuli was on the team this past year. Uh, it's been really hitting them hard, but uh, maybe just how, how the team's doing after Sione's tragic passing. Yeah, um, that was really sad. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's just it's just tragic, man. Is is really sad, and uh, you know we have we have a we have a tight knit team. I would say, um, you know, guys who look after each other and take care of each other and actually care about each other, and so. Uh, um, guys are doing good, uh, you know, as good as, as good as they can yep. be. Um, it's just it's something weird that you never really expect to uh, expect to happen, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, our guys, you know, as soon as as soon as the news came out, you know, our guys were just like, hey, like I, I love you know, I love you guys, you know. They just really rallied together, um, you know, and, and and you know, I know the program and and the team has just kind of rallied around um, showing his family and friends, and you know, like you said, the guys on the team that are really close um, with Sione. And so, it's uh, yeah, man, it's it's been it's been tough, but uh, you know, I think our guys are yeah doing as doing as good as they as they you know, can be based on the circumstances. So. Yeah, definitely our, our thoughts and prayers are with the Vicoso family. And, and uh, man, it's, it's, uh, I hope that, uh, uh, you know, it sounded like he was a guy that, that uh, you know, overcame a lot to, to get to BYU. And uh, he had the tragic passing of his mom. And, and just he's went through a lot in his life. And 
Um, you know, life's so precious. And, you know, along those same lines too, Tyler, you know, in the football world right now, it's, you know, a lot of the, and America in general, uh, you know, I, I wasn't really planning on coming to this, but you know, I just feel like it's, it's, it's just such a big topic right now is DeMar Hamlin. You know, he's a defensive guy, just goes down. Does that, when you see something like that as a football player that lines up and you feel the, I mean, you haven't experienced that, but like, does that just kind of make you pause about the sport? Like going, whoa, this is, it's really life and death sometimes of what I'm doing. And I don't know, like, does that, is that kind of registered a thought at all? Like your maybe just thoughts on, on, on the whole DeMar Hamlin uh, situation in Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just with everything that has happened, you know, recently is, uh, you know, you just, you remember that life's fragile, yeah. right? They're just like, um, nothing's promised. <laughs> and so you just, you know, you really, um, you know, hold your loved ones close and, and, uh, you know, make the most out of each day. And, you know, looking at it football wise there, you know, after I was, I was watching that game when that happened. Um, and I was just like, whoa, like that's, you know, knowing football, some people may be like, oh, wait, is he concussed? And it's like, no, no, like you, you stand up, you know what I mean? And you immediately, you know, he, he went right back to the ground. That's scary. Uh, that is scary. And, you know, I think sometimes we may forget about the risks associated with football. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I kind of, I was just thinking about, yeah, honestly, all the more gruesome injuries, you know, that maybe we've seen on television, you know, and, um, you know, those, those life threatening situations. And it's, it's tough because, yeah, you, you know, it, it's a game you love to play. Um, you spend, we've spent so much time playing, but, uh, you know, at the same time, there could be, there could be some really scary moments. And so, you know, um, Mark Hamlin, his family, you know, really, you know, praying for a speedy recovery there. That's, you know, that's, uh, that's really, that's really tough. That's really tough. And, uh, so yeah, sometimes, you know, it does make you question things, but at the end of the day, you know, I think the reason we all play is, is, uh, you know, the enjoyment we get from the game and it, it just, it, it does outweigh the risks, you know, and, and, and I think, Maybe sometimes we forget about those risks, but at the end of the day, we do know what they are. And, you know, every time you step out on that field, yeah, you don't know if it's going to be your last time out on that field. And so, uh, you know, um, I think there's just some good stuff to be, you know, to be learned as we kind of reflect on, on you know, what's happening here in our in our local community. And like you said, across the nation um, with Demar. So I, I think it's a good time to just reflect and, and realize, you know, that, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot more to be appreciated than we appreciate every day. So no doubt about that. And, uh, that's well said. And, and I think that's where, uh, you know, again, I just kind of, when I saw it live, I was watching it cause it was after the Rose bowl and I'm watching that game and carried over. And I just thought to myself, I kind of thought of, of it because I kind of always do with think of it from a BYU perspective, just like what you guys do as college athletes where, you're not getting paid millions, and it's just like there's a lot of sacrifice to, to play a game that you guys love. And uh, uh, so, you know, I, I think people need to sometimes remember, like, you know, you guys you guys go through a lot to, to play this game because there's big bodies, you know, hitting a million miles an hour, and it can be tough. And it's going to be tough, too, 
as we change gears a little bit on a much lighter note, but it's going to be intense working for you guys, winter conditioning. I'm curious, Tyler, what does that look like? Uh, you know, new strength staff uh, in the program. What, what is winter conditioning? Because I've heard from players in the past that it might be the most taxing part of the season, winter conditioning, because it, you just go from zero to 100 where you're in the holiday break, and then it can just go, and it's it's intense. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, what is winter conditioning like? Um. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It is. It is hard training, right? You're uh, you're trying to get strong, trying to get fast, um, and then you know the the tricky thing is coming off a season. Most of the time, there's just nagging injuries, right? There's just stuff still sore, still bugging you, isn't healed up all the way. Um, you know, and I think with our new strength staff, you know, um, having having Colby and having Skyler um, in there, you know, kind of directing traffic. I think I think this season's off season workouts are gonna look a lot different. Uh I think they're gonna be a lot more focused, yeah, on that, you know, staying healthy portion and getting healthy. Um, but at the same time, I, I by by no means are they gonna be easy. We're still gonna work our butts off. It's still, you know, lifting, running, you know, sprint work, speed work, conditioning. It's uh it by no means is it is it going to be easy. Yeah. Um but uh, but I think there will be a you know a little, um, I think we're going to be more efficient, more effective, and and uh, I'm you know I'm excited just to see again there are more changes going on, um, but but I'm excited to uh, you know just to see exactly yeah what it's going to be. Um, but uh, yeah, off season, you know those those workouts coming back from the break, you're honestly you more than likely haven't done much conditioning since the bowl game. You know, you've kind of been sitting around eating. Yeah, like you said, watching movies, playing video games, doing the eating, more eating. Um, and so I know for me, last so I've been I've been easing myself into it. Um, you know, these you know, I took took a whole week off, just didn't do anything nice. for a week. And by the end of that week, you know, Christmas week, I was I was getting itchy. I wanted to get up and, you know, start doing stuff and no, I'm gonna take the time off, you know, and then just yeah, easing back into it, trying to get some cardio, trying to get moving, so it's not as massive of a shock. Uh, yeah. yeah, come next Monday. Yeah, so that will be uh, that'll be a lot of fun. What what time do you guys get started? Is it early morning or is it uh, afternoon? Like, what's kind of the the, uh, the 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 time frames that you guys typically go on on winter conditioning? Yeah, so we. Uh, just consistent with what we do in season. We do our classes in the morning. So we'll have, you know, classes, kind of homework all morning. And then um, this year, I think we're starting at about 3 p.m. is when we'll start our, our you know, warm up, lift, run, all that jazz. And normally, you know, that's two-ish hours, maybe a little longer. And, yeah, and then that's that's it. So it sounds like more than likely we'll be there about 3 to 5 and uh, and then, you know, more homework. So, <laughs> <laughs> try to try to get our GPA back up in the offseason. All in the effort to chase a Big 12 championship. How does that sound, Tyler? Uh, now chasing it. a conference title. I love it. Uh, honestly, it's, yeah, just slowly kind of been hitting me to like, all right, we're we're in a conference now. This is this is yeah, something BYU hasn't seen in a long time. And you know, eleven years. Yeah, well, since 2010. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's uh it's it's been a while it's been a while and so i'm i'm stoked i'm stoked to just have the opportunity yeah 
to be in a conference. We're going to play a bunch of teams, you know, I think we haven't played before. Um, but then on top of that is, yeah, be able to go compete for an actual conference championship, which, which would be awesome. How, as we wrap this thing up, how anxious are you to see the schedule? And I know it's probably all <laughs> systems go to Sam Houston, not even worrying one game at a time. I get all that. But how excited are you to kind of see that? Because I know Cougar Nation is just – like I was flying to Albuquerque, and I'm like, oh, gosh, please do not release this while on the plane. I want to see that thing with the first moment it comes at 9 a.m., Big 12 time, because yeah. that's kind of their business schedule. Uh-huh. How excited are you guys to see that schedule when it actually comes out? I'm I'm super excited. We've been we've been waiting on it, you know, just um you know, me and my wife for her, you know, she wants to come to the games and so looking at travel and trying to figure stuff out that way and honestly I'm just excited to see who we play and win and yeah, just get a feel for, for our, our schedule this fall. So I yeah, I can't wait. I'm in the yeah. same boat with everyone else. I'm just <laughs> just can't wait to see it. Yeah, Kalani said to me on signing day that it, he heard maybe February, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens here. I, I it's now we got to wait on on a league to to make those decisions. It's not BYU's call anymore, so that's a different dynamic. So I think we'll get used yeah. to it, though. Uh, and you know, it's been fun this season, Tyler. Big thanks to you uh, for doing this every week and and being reliable. And and I say that because you know sometimes. As there's been in the past, uh, you know, uh, you know. Sometimes I've heard in this business that sometimes uh, players don't show up to these interviews, but the BYU guys are always great. So I, I appreciate you uh, doing this. I hope you had a lot of fun, and uh, let's let's do this thing again next year if 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 you're game for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, more than happy to. And yeah, thanks for having me on all season. And yeah, let's uh, let's get back to it come fall. Well, best of luck uh, in the off season. Stay healthy. And before we know it, it'll be August 1, it'll be fall camp, and it's all systems go, and we'll be looking forward to it. So signing off for the last edition of Cougar Tracks with Tyler Batty in the 2022 football season, I'm merely Mitch Harper. That was Tyler Batty here on Cougar Tracks, powered by KSL Sports. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.